mean, I tend to just let my mind muse on things for a little while and eventually they settle on uh, a scripture or a, a, a subject and I then start to think about that subject and it, and it matures and it grows um, and uh, I end up being convinced that this is the thing that God wants to, to say. Um, and having done, started that process a couple of weeks ago, uh, I came across a scripture and I read, looked at it and I read it and I thought, ooh, not quite sure how that fits. Um, and I doubted whether it was the right thing to talk about this morning. Um, and you'll get an insight into why maybe I doubted it uh, as we carry, as we get through it. But I stuck with it and uh, I believe that God not only wants to talk to us sometimes about what we should be doing and what we are and how the quality of our Christian life and things like that. But he also wants to set uh, in our hearts and in our minds um, warnings about the days ahead. And I believe that in some senses, um, this, this, what I'm going to share is more about a, a warning um, about being, I suppose, right before him uh, as a church and as individuals. I wanted to just begin with a, a little video just to set a context. Um, it's not directly relating to what I'm saying, but it's funny. And, uh, and, but it does speak something about uh, the subject this morning. And you can, it's quite old. It's actually in black and white. So if you're as old as me, you'll recognise it. If, if you're younger, maybe you won't and it'll be new to you. A bit like that chorus we sang this morning. <laughs> I look down on him because I am upper class. I look up to him because he is upper class. But I look down on him because he is lower class. <laughs> I am middle class. <laughs> I know my place. <laughs> I look up to them both. But I don't look up to him as much as I look up to him. Because <laughs> he has got innate breeding. I have got innate breeding, but I have not got any money. <laughs> so sometimes I look up to him. I still look up to him. Because although I have money, I am vulgar. <laughs> but I'm not as vulgar as him. So I still look down on him. I know my place. <laughs> I look up to them both. But while I am poor, I am industrious, honest and trustworthy. Had I the inclination, I could look down on them. <laughs> but I don't. We all know our place, but what do we get out of it? I get a feeling of superiority over them. I get a feeling of inferiority from him. But a feeling of superiority over him. I get a pain in the back of my neck. <laughs> oh, no, that's it, we're done. Thank you. Um, maybe we could turn to Luke chapter 18. We may not be surprised at uh, going there. And at verse 9. <clears throat> this is the, uh, the parable that Jesus told about a Pharisee <clears throat> and a tax collector. And in verse 9 it says, 
He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, I give tithes of all I get, but the tax collector, standing afar off, would not even lift his eyes up to heaven. But he beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified, rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. The tax collector and the Pharisee, in the times that the Bible was written, when the, the Gospels were, were written, were either end of the social spectrum. Pharisees were educated, they were uh, pillars within their society, within their communities. The tax collectors had sort of a, a strange reputation. They were sort of viewed as people who colluded with the Romans and actually went about doing the Romans' work by collecting uh, taxes. And, uh, and people didn't really um, like tax collectors. I'm not, I'm not sure what a modern-day version of a tax collector is, but you know, there are people who, who are at one end of the spectrum and there are others at the other. And this, this video sort of showed that within the class system that existed when that video was made, at least, there was a spectrum of opinions and views about one person could hold uh, when they look upon another. The, um, the Pharisee trusted himself, and, uh, and it says that in, in verse uh, 9, in Jesus' introduction, he says that the <coughs> this is a parable to, to those who trust in themselves and, and that they are righteous, and those that treat others with contempt. Well, this was the Pharisee's position. Um, he listed a, a whole bunch of things that he did or he didn't do. And in many ways, we would agree that we shouldn't do those things that he said he didn't do. And we would agree that uh, we should do uh, the things that he said he did do. So it wasn't about what he did as much as his attitude uh, towards uh, his, own, his own position and his own righteousness. Um, <clears throat> In a sense, he, he was sort of putting his trust in what the righteousness that he had developed in his own life, in what he did and how he conducted himself. And that was quite contrary to what we read in the rest of the, the, the Gospels, that Jesus' mission is to come and bring righteousness, not to allow men to find their own righteousness, but for him to find true righteousness. And... Uh, uh, it says somewhere uh, that uh, Jesus came uh, not for the righteous, but for the unrighteous, so that he may make them through him righteous. Um, <clears throat> the Pharisee then sort of starts to sort of give himself away in a sense by looking at the tax collector and saying to him, I am glad that I am not, or I thank you that I am not like that man. So he's made a judgment about that man. 
He's made a, a, a decision in his own heart whether that man is good, bad, right, wrong. What he does is wholesome or it's you know, uh, incorrect or improper. Um, <clears throat> and I wonder what the Pharisee might have made of, of, of the verse in Romans chapter 3 where it says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I get the impression that he doesn't think he's sinned, um, that he's above those things. The tax collector, on the other hand, has a wholly different attitude. And a bit like the little guy in the video at the end, he knew his place. He knew his relationship with God. He knew how he compared with God's standard. He knew how he stood up to the things that uh, God says are right and wrong. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I guess he looked at himself and you get the sense uh, that, that in his words, uh, there's, he, he knows nothing in himself that qualifies him. His whole posture spoke of uh, being unworthy before God. I mean, he was... Scripture said that he, he couldn't even lift up his head and look to heaven um, in case, you know, he came face to face with God in some way and then he would feel ashamed for who he is and what he's done and, and whatever. Um, not that that's what God wants us to do, but sometimes we feel that that's the right approach uh, to come before him, especially if we feel that our lives aren't uh, in that place where God really wants us to be. <clears throat> the great thing about the tax collector is he knew <clears throat> that if he came uh, and confessed that God would hear him and he would hang on to the, the verse that wasn't quite written in, when this was spoken, that if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive them. Um, maybe he knew the essence of that, the spirit of it, even though John hadn't actually written that at this point in time. <clears throat> the Pharisee really uses other men uh, to sort of develop his standard of what's good and, and what's acceptable. Um, maybe that's why he, he looks at the, the tax collector and says, I'm glad I'm not like him. Um, because the Pharisee had the opportunity of looking at all those around him um, and then realising that he had a position of leadership, authority within his community and, and was able to say, uh, <clears throat> compared to everybody else, I'm okay. Um, whereas the tax collector didn't really, I don't think, look at, oh, thank you, look at other people. His standard, I think, and I gather from the, this, these scriptures, is that he looked at God and the standard was, what did God want of him? So we've got one man who's saying, uh, what do other, how do I stand versus other men? And this one who's saying, how do I stand before God and all that God says and expects? And this, I think, is the warning of this passage. Um, that there's... 
sometimes uh, an opportunity for us to view things as men would view them, to judge them as men would judge them, or there's an opportunity in the same, or the same opportunity to sort of say, what does God want in this? How does God judge this? And my then response should be guided not what men think or what men are, but what God thinks and what God is. Um, and so when I was thinking about speaking about this, 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 um, <coughs> this, this, this passage, uh, it was as though God was saying to me, maybe uh, we need to be aware of this because there's, the, the future is yet to come, which holds all sorts of things that we know not. But there could be traps along the way that enable that, that will cause us to fall or to fall short. And so even though I'm not saying here today that all of us are either a Pharisee or a tax collector, and if you're a Pharisee, you need to correct your ways, or if you're a, um, a tax collector, you need to, uh, to be encouraged to, to go on more. Um, I think what God is trying to say to us this morning is... Uh, think of the, the time ahead and be prepared and go into those times with how you should be rather than how you could be. <clears throat> you realise when you think about the, the Pharisee and the tax collector, they actually had very different lives. And um, we also are very different. Um, you know, we could go around this room and we could talk about our education, we could talk about our parenthood, we could talk about uh, our jobs, we could talk about our experiences with other people, we could talk about lessons that we've learned and what that And I would guarantee that whatever we did and talked about ourselves, we would have a huge variation uh, across here. So... Picture, please. I've got a picture that sort of demonstrates some of these things. Right. Here we are. Now, this, this represents a journey of life. Um, so you start at one end and you want to get to the other end. And um, <clears throat> the thing I realised that, that when you start thinking about our lives is that um, we all start from different places and we all start at different times. Um, we may have the same destination in mind, we may have the same ambitions and the same thoughts about the future, but it's, we don't always coincide to start at the same place at the same time uh, and move on together. So all of our journeys have begun in different places, and particularly our spiritual journeys. Sometimes it began when we were 14. Sometimes it doesn't begin until we're 50. Um, sometimes it starts very slowly at 14, and then it gets really accelerates once we go past 50. Or maybe it really accelerates, and then it slows down a bit. It, it, it varies. It, it's different. The progress that we make, uh, the speed at which we go on our journey, the speed at which we meet and achieve the various accomplishments vary uh, completely. Um, just taking a, a couple of milestones, you know, some of us may reach um, what we consider 
uh, maturity at one age and others at slightly different ages. Um, <clears throat> some of us may learn lessons as we go along the way that we learn very quickly. Others may learn them and it takes time uh, to really understand it. The direction in which we go, some may go this way round, some may go that way round. It's, it's varied, it's different. Um, the way in which we travel, whether we, on here you can travel by boat, by parachute, uh, by car, um, but in life we all have different ways of, of moving on, uh, of getting from one place to another uh, in terms of, of, of our lives. Um, and the place of where we end up can be totally varied too. You know, some of us uh, have got goals in, in mind and we, we reach them and we don't. Others have totally different goals and they may reach them equally, but they're different. I think if we actually look at the journeys that we all have, even in this room, they're as different as our fingerprints and they vary. What I believe God is trying to say to us today is that when we realise these things, we need to be, uh, make allowances for others. Um, now, you've got a guy who's climbing a mountain uh, in there. Now, if we've climbed mountains, right, we could as well think that climbing mountains is easy peasy. You know, we can do it. We've done it got the badges, we've got photographs, we've got pictures of ourselves standing at the bottom planting a flag or whatever. If you're actually at the bottom of the mountain and you're just beginning to climb, you might not think it's that easy. Okay. So what we need to avoid, I think, is, is saying to the guy who's at the bottom, oh, come on, get on with it, it's easy, anyone can do it. Okay. And in that sense, I think there's a lesson for us to learn about how we talk to people in their own experiences in terms of God and the church and Christian life is we may have been there, we may have done it, and we may then take the position that it's easy, it's simple, you just do this and it's fine. Right? But people have to learn in their own way and develop their own experiences of learning and find for themselves how God's going to support them and work with them and lead them and guide them and bless them and encourage them along that piece of their journey. And it may actually be quite different to yours. It may be better in the end than yours, or it might not be, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's getting there and allowing God to do things in our lives that's most important. So I think what we have to be careful of, and what this passage is telling us to be careful of, is, is to stand in judgment how, on how other people are doing. Um, because, uh, as I say, the journeys are different, the way in which we learn are different, the way in which we understand is different, the way God wants to treat us and guide us and lead us are different. Um, one thing I've learned in... Uh, probably got 50 odd years of being a Christian is that much of the experience that I have along my journey isn't for me. Some of it is, but a lot of it is so that I can understand 
other people. Now, if I'd been in a road accident and spent a lot of time in uh, intensive care and come through and regained my strength and my energy and everything else and become well again, uh, and then I'm, I'm, I'm sort of back to normal, as it were, if I then meet somebody who's just had an accident, right, it's really encouraging uh, when you're talking to that person to say, I know how you feel, I know what it's like, I've been there, I've experienced it, and I've got through it. Right? Um, take away the example of an accident to any other issue in life, and sometimes it's really good to hear people just empathise with us and say, my journey might not be quite the same as yours, but there are some similarities in it, and God has been faithful to me. And he has brought me through, and he's made me uh, aware of how he looks after me and cares for me and protects me. It can be very encouraging for people who are just beginning to do that thing. Okay? And it's a lot different from saying to the guy at the bottom of the mountain, come on, come up, it's easy. Just put one foot in front of the other, and you'll be here in no time. It's a totally different way of dealing with things. Um, the other thing we have to be careful of when we start judging others is, again, going back to the video, <clears throat> um, sometimes uh, we look upon others and we get a sense of superiority, right? which is not a good thing. We also get sometimes a sense of inferiority, which is also not a good thing. Okay? The fact that uh, Esme finds something easy to do and I find it difficult to do doesn't make me inferior to her or her superior to me. It's just highlighting the differences in which God is taking us on our journey. Okay? Um, but it's important that we don't have that sense in which we always um, are comparing ourselves with others. Now, I don't know how many times in my lifetime I've heard the phrase, I wish I was like them. Right? I think that's an awful thing that saying, and, it's, and comparison with other people is a very ugly game, especially within a, the context of church. Right? God has not said that we should all be like one another. In, in the total sense. Uh, he has said to us that we need to find our place in the church. We need to fulfill our role in the church and that every member of the church is a fundamental part to make up the whole. And if any part is missing, the church has a problem. Okay, Which to my mind means that we all contribute a unique part of the life of the church and if we were all doing the same thing in the same way uh, at the same time the church would be very one-sided and very unbalanced and probably wouldn't survive okay we need one another and we need the contribution that one another makes and that isn't about being the same it's about being different i just picked out some rather than go through a list of scriptures i just picked out some uh, some biblical phrases uh, 
that come from scriptures um, that talk to this issue. Uh, the first one is, let each esteem each other better than himself. Okay, let's just look at one another and see the good things in one another and thank God for the fact that these people have these skills and abilities and, or competencies or manners or attitudes or whatever it is. Another one is judge not that you be not judged. When we look at others and we say, you know, I wish I was like them, in a sense we're judging who they are and what they are and, and we're also judging what God thinks of them. And uh, the one thing the scriptures are clear of is that we, we are not the judges. Jesus was having a, a conversation with some of his disciples and uh, they were talking about what this one or that one was going to do and Jesus says this phrase, he says, if I will that, what is that to you? If I want to do this for that person, what's that got to do with you? <laughs> you know, it's, it's not part of your journey, so what does it matter? You worry about your journey and where you're going. Another one, it says, for he who is least among you uh, will be great. You know, it's our opinion of ourselves isn't the same as God's opinion of ourselves. We might think we're not very much, and we might not think we do very much, but God may be saying, without that person doing that thing, the whole thing would fall apart. You know, and you know, you could sort of just try and put that into sort of real terms. If this person wasn't doing the washing up every Sunday, the church would end up in a mess after a few weeks because there'd be a pile of plates and cups and stuff all over the place and we wouldn't be able to come in and have our coffee because there's no clean cups. I mean, these, these are silly examples, but you get the meaning that uh, the, why some of these things are important. Another one, it says, God uh, resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Um, I don't think, you know, us being, uh, having a too high opinion of what we do and what we contribute is, is not what God wants us to be. Uh, he wants us to have a view that we do these things because he has given us opportunity, given us the abilities, and we want to serve him. So, therefore, we do them. So, I've come to why, why, why do you think you know, God wants us to sort of just reflect on these issues, these things? Um, last week, uh, there was something repeated in, in, as a, a prophetic word um, that we've had, uh, heard a number of times over recent years. And that was that the future is going to be messy. Okay. I don't mean it's going to be, I don't think it means it's going to be grubby and dirty and all over the place. But it's not going to fit neatly and tidy into boxes and everything won't be in nice rows. Um, there's going to be something about it that we don't expect and will take us by surprise. And... Uh, our expectations of what is lovely might get shattered for something that's a bit crazy 
but ends up taking us where God wants us to take us. I know Betty's going to say amen to this, aren't you, Betty? <laughs> Betty's always saying, they said it was going to be messy. <laughs> um, and when I was talking to John uh, about uh, what I was going to talk about today, he mentioned a conversation that he'd had with a church leader recently of a church that was set in a, an area uh, that was largely unchurched. There wasn't much in the way of Christian witness to this particular area. And the, the guy who was leading the church had begun to establish something in that place and they had drawn people from the local area who were new to the Lord and their experience of God in many cases was measured in months and not years and um, but the church was growing and it was beginning uh, to, to see more and more people joining it and then what happened was that a church nearby um, had had a bit of a problem and it resulted in a whole bunch of people leaving that church and deciding they were going to join another one. So they go and join this guy's church. Okay? Many of these people had been uh, the Lord's for many, many years. And um, so the conversation that John had with this guy was, I've got all these babes in the Lord who have come to the church recently uh, or over the recent years and then I've had this sudden influx of these people who have been Christians for ages and they know their scriptures inside out unlike the other people and he said now he said I've got half the church that are hungry to learn simple basic truths and the other half of the church that want to go deep into the real philosophical and you know, scriptural meanings of this and that issue and whatever. And he says, what do I do? <laughs> what do I do? And he, I, so I, I don't know what John told him. I don't know if John knew the answer. But, um, but there's a dilemma there, isn't there? You know, and if we, as a church, are going to be on the mission field and we're going to see loads of people coming in and joining us, right, it could get messy in that very sense, right? We're used to hearing what God says. Um, we're used to thinking about uh, things perhaps that are maybe to us deep and meaningful. And we're in <coughs> encouraged uh, by that week in, week out. Now, if we suddenly have a whole bunch of people come who know nothing of all these things, how do we preach or what do we preach? Right? How do we relate and to relate? Um, so in that sense, I think what God is saying to us is, if you, if, if you know and understand all these things and you get people coming who are not, we need to be um, tolerant of that position and maybe even sacrifice some of the things that we found, find now that are really good so that others might learn and understand them. And in a sense, catch us up on this journey. Um, it's, there are four things I thought about that we, we need to actually 
um, consider in this is this to remember that uh, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made right? whether we be new to the Lord or whether it be the Lord's for many 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 years right? all of us are fearfully and wonderfully made and in the sense uniquely made and that's what gives us that unique journey we have different strengths and weaknesses right? Uh, you don't have to be um, a Christian for loads of years to, be, to have a strength in really being able to get into the presence of God and get full on your hands and knees and to become a real intercessor. There are things that God does in, in, in our lives that make us who we are. Uh, we all have different giftings and, 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 and different parts to play, as we were saying earlier. Um, I think a good counter for the Pharisee in this story would have been um, choose to compliment and encourage the tax collector, not compare yourself in a negative sense and say, well, you're not as good as me, which is what he was saying. But to take the opportunity to compliment people and encourage them. And the fourth one was trying to see what God sees in other people. Um, if, if the Pharisee had just stopped for a while and said, well, what does God see in that man? You know, what does he see uh, in his humility and in the, the fact that he doesn't want to get up and boast about what he's done and what he's done, he hasn't done? He's, he's, he's critical if, if it's a sense of himself. And uh, giving... <coughs> Um, his himself, as it were, over to God, for God to uh, to deal with him in a way that takes away what he believes to be the things that he's, he's where he's failed and, and fallen short. Um, so that's what uh, God has said to me this week. Um, I think. Uh, it could be and that the times ahead of us are times when we need to understand how we accommodate people. Um, already we see ones or twos, people walk into this church that in many other environments, people may well have judged them and considered them to be uh, not the right sort of people to be in a church, but yet they are here. And they come, and uh, there's friendship building there, and there's fellowship building there. And we need to be careful that we don't end up um, being a bit like the Pharisee. I say, well, I wish they'd sit in their seats. You know, I, I, wish, I wish they wouldn't move around during the meetings. You know, I wish they'd just be quiet so that I can hear what God is saying to me. Um, those things may be right, but our attitude is very important. Um, our attitude needs to be one that welcomes, encourages, um, talks to people uh, about the love of God and exhibits the love of God and not the rules of God. I hope I'm not being too negative in that, but um, I think it's very important 
whatever stage we're in, when we visit, or when we have visitors, when we welcome people in, we need to have that attitude that says, uh, I'm going to treat you like God would treat you. Amen? Amen. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, I do thank you uh, for your word. I do thank you, Father, that uh, this story, this parable exists within the scripture. And Father, there's so much uh, that we learn from scriptures, Father, by reading them, considering them, uh, and standing them up against what we feel and what we think. And Lord, we come to conclusions. I want to pray this morning, Lord, that the conclusions that we come to when we read your word are those, Father, that you intended, those that you wanted us to, uh, to understand and to adopt, Lord, as standards into our own life, Father, that we might not do what we believe the world requires us to do, but we do what you, Father, intended us to do and what you intended us to, to be. Thank you, Father, that we are on a journey. Thank you, Lord, that we're in different places of that journey and we have had different experiences along the way and father we have therefore learned different things about you and your faithfulness and your goodness and your care and your mercy towards us and so father we want to hold these things father in our hearts and we want to father find that opportunity to express them in the way in which you would have us expressed lord when we come uh, to see one another and we share uh, the, the differences and, and the the different aspects of our lives together. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can trust you, Lord, that you'll keep us in that place, Father, where we are always like you. Reminded of that uh, phrase that we often see, what would Jesus do in this situation? What would he be like? How would he react to what people do and what people say? Father, we want to be people that imitate Jesus and uh, follow him. So we want to commit ourselves to you this morning, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.